We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like we call him uh, Gandalf because like he's never early or late. He's always <laughs> at the right time. And my job is to never stop. Regardless of percentages, I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again. I'm here to stay. Hello and welcome to the Uncontested podcast where we cover the NBA, OKC Thunder, and pop culture. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play. Hey, we're now on Stitcher. Yeah. And our website, theuncontestedsports.com. I am the Thunder Mob, Jacob Niffin. That voice you heard, I am joined today by the one and only Taylor Peterson. What's up? We're holding it down. Kamiar got held up at a uh, Persian dinner, which apparently lasts very, very long, he said. Yeah, a, a Persian <laughs> dinner imagine. in L.A. So that's... Sounds, sounds very fun, very fancy. Yep. Nick's... Um... <laughs> Nick's traveling, I think. Yeah, he's, he's probably drunk somewhere. Um, <laughs> Justin uh, Justin was recently tweeting a bunch about like motivational stuff <laughs> that like don't sleep because rich people don't sleep or some shit, so whatever. Justin's probably wide awake trying to... Uh, run Conquer a Fortune 500 company. I don't know what the hell he's doing. Um, so it's just Taylor and I today. Taylor, you doing all right? Doing good. It's, got some uh, fun stuff to talk about here. Yeah, it's kind of the dog days of summer, but we're we got some stuff to talk about. We're going to have a good time. The Thunder have added another player to the roster. We're going to talk about that. There was a back and forth on Twitter and a podcast with an ex-Thunder player and CJ McCollum. We'll talk a bit about that. Uh, USA basketball is going on. 
I watched videos of Pop locking up some All-Stars in that, that practice. That was incredible. Pretty awesome video. So we'll talk some about that. And we are going to redraft the 2013 NBA draft class since the Thunder apparently are in love with that draft class. We got some Twitter questions. Um, a lot of stuff going on today. So, Taylor, let's start with you and the Thunder as a whole. So it was kind of an interesting week. There was a lot more material than we've had the past couple of weeks. Like you said, it's kind of the dog days of summer. So this was very nice. Uh, the first thing that I have listed here is the military trade is official. It officially went through. Yep. And we've we've talked quite a bit about this ever since you know it was officially reported here uh, last week. So we won't go into that as much. But there was a comment that Presty made in the press and the Presty made in the press release. It's kind of funny. The Presty uh, release. The Presty release. There we go. I like it. Uh, about Dennis and TLC that I thought was a really good indication, kind of of what we can kind of expect this coming season. He said, uh, quote unquote, Dennis provides us with another proven playmaker and someone that will only enhance the overall speed of our team. Keyword there, speed. He then went in to talk about TLC and I should be able to pronounce his name, but let's be honest, probably not going to be able to. <laughs> Is it like Timothy? Timothy, I think. Timothy. Timothy. Timothy Luwabu Cabarro. Cabarro. Okay. I wanted to say Cabarot. Cabarot. <laughs> just say it like we'll just say it the widest like Oklahoma Timothy Luwawu Cabarot just like the widest most redneck. is that what they got down there in Hawaii I love it that's so true you know you know there's people out there doing that too it's the best dude, part I, this guy's gonna be it's like culture shock for him oh yeah dude like my dad messes up so many NBA player names like I just I love it and even though I'm glad that Brian Davis isn't on the announcing anymore, could you imagine Brian Davis calling out Timothy oh Luwawu Cabarro? That would be the best. The best. Oh. So on the note of him, uh, Presley said that he adds another young, long, versatile wing that can play multiple positions and complements our returning core. So obviously, you know, that's kind of the direction. I, Billy mentioned this to Brett Dawson during Summer League, and Presley, obviously, they're on the same page, like as we would hope that they are but um so yeah i think it's really exciting i think we're going to see a lot of transition definitely and, uh, they got a yeah. team that they got a team that can run now. a lot of switchability yeah, yeah exactly they got a team that exactly. can get on and run and uh while we're on the topic of tlc i wanted to bring up real quick i talked to you guys a little bit about it off pod but i've been watching some some highlights of him some film of him and yep. Two things offensively that have me really excited about this kid coming to OKC. Number one is his free throw shooting. Not only does he shoot a high percentage, but his form is really nice. And his form is consistent. And typically you can look at the way a guy shoots free throws. And that will tell you if he's going to translate into a good three-point shooter or not at, at the right. NBA level. And he's got the tools to do so. He's got a very clean, compact, um, smooth form on his jump shot. And so that's really promising. The other thing was a lot of highlights I watched of him was either him hitting threes, which we know he was like a 33% three-point shooter, you know, so right around league average, you know, yep. okay. But the thing that really got me excited about him is whenever I w was watching his highlights, he moves without the ball extremely well. Whenever a player cuts or a player drives, he has the ability, um, just the basketball IQ to know to float around the perimeter, to find the open space, to not clog and um, 
and get too close to somebody else. He he really shifts around the perimeter, and he's also a really good off-ball cutter. And I think that's going to be very, very beneficial with point guards like Russell Westbrook and Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder. Those yep. guys that are fast and get in the lane and put pressure on the, the interior defense. Whenever a player gets in the lane or whenever you throw the ball into the lane, typically all the defenders, even on the perimeter, they turn and they look inside because you want to keep yep. your eye on the ball. And whenever they do that, that opens up backdoor cuts. And TLC showed, and, and what I saw in his film, the ability to, to backdoor cut really well. He's just got a good feel of when to cut to the rim, when to float to space. You know, if his man turns his head, he either cuts or he comes around the corner to get to an open three. And I think him being on the court with Schroeder and Westbrook, um, it's going to open up a lot of really good opportunities for him to uh, to get easy buckets. And that's right. something that this team will need, uh, both getting out of the break running and in the half court. So that was, it was just something I was for really sure. excited about. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that that's a really good point because obviously this team's going to need that. Um, we're really excited about the the length and the athleticism, but you need something to space the floor out for when guys like Schroeder or Russ are driving to the hole. So having somebody like you know the Dre's and the TLCs who can cut that creates spacing in itself and draws away defenders. But then you know obviously if we could have a Brinas or Ferguson or, or TLC like you mentioned, if he can develop a consistent three point shot. Yeah space the floor out. I mean, that just opens up so many possibilities of whether it's a pick and roll well, with Noel or Adams, you know, with the, respectively with Russ or Schroeder. Um, there's just, it opens up so much. That's really exciting. And Definitely. I'm excited for him as well. And, and the thing um, with, I think, we're, we're going to get to this here. I, I think towards the end of the segment, but, um, I definitely think we're going to see, I think more so now that I've kind of done a little more research into him compared to when the trade first happened, I think we're going to see TLC get a lot more minutes maybe than some people are expecting. Definitely. So. And, and sorry, just one more thing on that whole idea of like okay. space and like, you know, the, the, the whole idea of the NBA now is like space people out with shooters. So you get one more one-on-one -on -one matchups space works two ways. You can space the floor out to the three point line. Um, but you can also pull gravity in to the lane, yep. you know, and even guys that aren't great three point shooters can hit open shots. And if you have Russell Westbrook coming downhill, Andre Robertson cutting off the baseline and Steven Adams rolling off a pick and roll or Nerlens Noel rolling off a pick and roll, the guy the our three point shooter, whether it be TLC or a Brainus or, or Patterson or Paul or, George, whoever yeah. who's in the corner, his defender has to make a decision. Do I come down and stop? the the dribble penetration and the lob to the rim or do i let that happen and just stick to the outside to the shooter and so yes you can create spacing by pulling defenders out to the three-point line you can also create spacing by pulling defenders into the paint and opening up things on the perimeter which then start to make a defense scramble so it's right. a it's it's a catch and they adjust. exactly they adjust as well so though you know eventually if patterson or pg or whoever it is is knocking down outside shots consistently then that opens up the lane and then you have you know either russ getting fouled going to the hole or getting an easy layup or you can hit the the uh, the cutter, the pick and roll, exactly. whatever it is. That's, it, that's it, a really it's cool. a it's rubber band. It's a give and take type of thing, you know. So yep. I I think they have kind of a personnel to to kind of do that, you know, to kind of work both ways. So so I think I I love that you went into that because I think that's kind of the mold that that Presti and Billy and the direction I guess I should say that they're really wanting to go this season. And I think Definitely. those comments 
from him, you know, really in that press release, the press do release, um, kind of show that. So I'm, I'm sure. excited. I'm really excited. Now, speaking of that mold and that direction that we just talked about, there's another player, another wing that the Thunder acquired since the last time we podcasted from the Boston Celtics. The Thunder traded to Kari Johnson for Rodney Purvis, never nervous, um, that we talked about, I believe, on the last pod. But since then, uh, Dakari was then traded to Memphis, Memphis I believe, Memphis, yep. right? And then we traded Purvis for Nader from uh, the Boston Celtics. Yep. So that's a, also another interesting acquisition. I don't know if he kind of has an interesting salary, I think, where uh, it's kind of like a, a Danny Ainge, one of his friendly contracts that has a lot of different provisions, and it's very team-friendly. Yep, definitely. Because um, he was a second-rounder, so they were able to like finagle that contract like that. Right. But uh, apparently there's some reports saying that he was prom- his agent was promised that he was going to be playing for the th- – now, not playing time necessarily, but was promised that he wasn't going to be waived. Okay. So I, I don't know the validity you know, behind that, but um, it's, it's interesting nevertheless. Do you have any I, thoughts on Nader? Uh, I keep wanting to call him Ralph Nader instead of Abdul Nader. Uh, yeah, I keep wanting to call him Ralph Nader, the old uh, presidential candidate. But uh, besides awesome. that, no, not not a whole lot. You know, like I know he didn't play a lot for Boston last year. Um, he was kind of going to be an odd man out up there anyways, just because, I mean, they have every Speaking wing they could, ever, yeah. they could ever need, you know. So, right. um, you know, I mean, it's just another guy, you know. And, and, and the way the NBA is going and the way the Thunder want to play, especially the way the Thunder want to play, a guy like Dakari Johnson just didn't make sense. You know, a right. very unathletic, slow-moving big man. Um, you're able to flip that for a wing three slash four who can shoot the ball. Uh, apparently can't defend very well, but he, uh, he, he can shoot the ball and uh, it, it has a little bit of our offensive game. So it just, it makes sense with the summer that Presti's had that, that he would make this move, you know? And it saves a little bit of money in the, yep. in the short S- term Save as well, some money so. and you take a flyer on a guy. I mean, what's the worst case scenario that happens with Nader? He's not any good. All right. So, I mean, we'll that's, that, that's, that's what Takari Johnson was doing for you, you know? So. Yep. Exactly. I, I agree. Uh, so speaking of other wings, there's some big news with our, our guy, Big Ham. The Big he Ham! Sub- yeah, the uncontested takes full credit. Kamir, uh, I believe, gave him that nickname. So we're, we're hoping that's going to stick this season. Signed a three-year, $4 million deal. Uh, it's also kind of interesting. I guess you could call this one a pressy special. Um, so it's a minimum salary scale deal, but it's not necessarily for the, the minimum. Uh, he's a second rounder, and he wasn't a first rounder. And he also was not a, a two-year plus a vet, so they used part of their mid-level ex- taxpayer mid-level ex- exception to sign him, and then that allowed them to sign him to three years and retain his bird rights. Yep. So it's kind of a you know cur- a quirky, confusing CBA role, but it, it's very exciting that we yeah. have him long term. Like the, you said, I- the idea he develops will- into something. Oh uh, yeah, you know, man. Particularly he'll, here I, on that third year, that deal. And he'll you be 23 that, that third year, and he'll be making like $1.3 million. You know, That's and incredible. I I tweeted this the other day, but $1.3 million in three years. In three years, the salary cap will be a, probably close to $130 million. So you're looking at wow. paying a hyper-athletic, uh, if he pans out, a hyper-athletic rotation wing, uh, you know, a 6667210 wing, 1% of the cap. Right. You know, in comparison to you're paying Russell Westbrook like 35, 40% of the cap, you're going to be paying this kid 1% of the cap 
at the end of his deal. And, and he's still going to be developing. He'll still have tremendous ups. Well, hopefully, we'll still have tremendous upside. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yes, I agree. That's a that's a steal, and I think that's a, a great contract. And uh, I think that's for him. It's a win as well because you know second rounder like that typically they don't get the longer term deals or fighting for two way spots right now or something. Exactly. Like that yeah. Age. And so and like you the, said, like they really use part of that MLE. So instead of signing him for a two year deal, they could sign him for the three. And that lets them keep bird rights. And it's not like there's anyone else out there the Thunder could use the MLE on anyways, you know? Right. Um, I, I don't think they're going to go add more salary. They may, might make more trades, but I don't know if they're going to add more salary right now. They weren't so, going to go out and use that on, like, Crawford or somebody like exactly. that. Like, so, yeah, exactly. So this I've, is, a, this is a, good, a good signing on a young guy. And Presti is loading up this roster with, instead of having unplayable guys, I, I say that I... I worship at the altar of Nick Collison. Um, but instead of having like Collison and Dakari Johnson and, you know, like Kyle Singler at the end of your bench, now you have Thunder university. Yeah. Now you have spots, TLC you know? and you have Hamadou Diallo at the end. Um, I was about to call him Ralph Nader, Abdul Nader <laughs> at, at the end of your bench. You know, you have guys that actually fit the modern NBA now. And that's really they nice. Contribute. Yeah, yeah. It's that's really great. Nice. And still have a ton of upside. And hey, so I don't I, know. I don't know if you have it in your notes here. I don't. Initial glance, I don't see. Um, but another signing, not by the Thunder, but by Atlanta. Our guy um, Hamilton oh, is no yeah, longer yeah. around. He so da- Daniel there, Hamilton one contract spot. Yep. Or, Daniel no, sorry, Hamilton one roster spot went to uh, went to the Atlanta Hawks. So he will not be on the Thunder roster nor a two way deal. One year deal too. Yeah, he's yep, he's, so, he's got an official deal. Yeah. So good, so good for, for him. him. Good for him. Um, I wasn't a fan us. of his game. Yeah. <laughs> and I would expect um, Dozier to get that last two way spot. That's what I think will That'd happen. Be cool. So. That'd be really cool. Talk about another player who's very versatile and athletic. and Exactly. Uh, you know, the Thunder I, are, are racking them up and hoping one or two of them hit, you know? Yep. Yep. So I'm all, yeah, I'm all about it. That's a really good point. So kind of switching gears here, but still Thunder related. Um, I don't want to beat this too much, but it's definitely worth talking about. Uh, Kevin Durant was on CJ McCollum's podcast. And I know everybody listening to, listening to this has probably heard this. Uh, but the first thing I wanted to bring up, which I, I actually thought was pretty cool, uh, KD and CJ were playing the the one word association game or whatever, where CJ was throwing out words and KD was responding with one word in return. Yeah. And, you know, I think they did cupcake and they kind of got a laugh about it. They did San Francisco, they did Seattle, but they did OKC. And without any hesitation, wasn't like he sat there and thought about it. KD responded with quote unquote home. So that was pretty cool. Um, obviously that hurts a little bit, but yeah. you know, I'm not a um, fan of Kevin Durant. It, you know, the whole right. thing annoys me. But I, I do I do understand the sense that, like, he was a 20-year-old when he got here, and he played here until he was, what, like 28 or whatever. And, yep. you know, and I think in my life, you know, I just turned 28, and 20 through 28 years old is when I really, like, learned who I was as a person and really, like, matured and developed into, like, the the adult human being I'm going to be, you know? And yep. so it makes sense that, you know, this is kind of where he was living when he found himself. And so I think that there's always a, a part of you that's going to be there. With Absolutely. that being said, Katie's a little bitch, but you know, <laughs> and it always will be. That's right. Um, and I, he, I think he mentioned that, I believe it was the same podcast. You know, he kind of just touched on, uh, just OKC and how, you know, when he, I think he was, CJ was asking about moving to the Bay and kind of the differences and stuff. And one thing Katie mentioned, he was like, you know, I, I, I couldn't just walk out of my apartment 
and just, you know, walk down the street and he named some restaurant and I can, I've completely forgot what it was cause I didn't recognize it, but you know, I can't just have my sandwich ready for me that cause they, they knew exactly what I wanted pregame and you know, all that. Basically he was talking about, um, how just OKC was so comfortable and, you know, everybody kind of went out of their way to do things for him. Yeah. Um, and the Bay was completely different. He was just kind of like another celebrity there, you know, or yep. just he's, another he's, person there. He's finally starting yeah. to learn that in Oklahoma city, he was the guy, you know, he right. was, you know, like essentially a God here. And in, in San Francisco, he's just a dude that helped us win more championships, you know, like exactly. they, they love Steph and they love Draymond. I don't know how any human being could love Draymond. Um, <laughs> dude probably eats cereal with his hands, but he's even worse than Kevin. But yeah. yeah, but you know, like they don't love Kevin Durant. Like they like that he's good at basketball, but they're happy he's he, there. He, he, yeah, he's not, not he's not their guy, you know. And right. I, I think he's finally starting to learn that. Yep, yep. So on that same podcast, there was a little bit of drama that uh, came from it. I guess you could say. So uh, I guess there was a segment where, and I, I listened to the podcast before all this happened, so I already already heard this. But basically, CJ and KD, you know, they were very. I mean, you could tell they were friends. They were very friendly throughout the entire podcast. They both were very respectful. And, you know, it, it was just kind of like two friends that maybe had a disagreement kind of going back and forth and talking it through when CJ mentioned Katie's decision and they were kind of talking about it. And CJ was like, yeah, you know, honestly, I didn't approve of it. I, I think it was kind of a weak move. I don't know if he said that quote unquote, but basically it was inferring that he felt it was a weak move, but he understood that it was a business decision. He sees why that Kevin Durant needed to do it. He was happy that Kevin was happy, yada, yada, yada. And so, you know, then it kind of transitioned into Boogie and the acquisition of Boogie. Uh, to Golden State, and uh, Kevin basically CJ was talking about like you know I can't believe that that happened, and Kevin's like why? He's like you, you know Portland's not going to be making the ch- they aren't going to be contending for a championship. Like you and Dame are nice, but you guys aren't going to be you know going to be able to get a championship with our team, and and basically they kind of went back and forth a little bit about it, and Katie kind of put CJ on blast there on his own podcast, so yep. that obviously as with most things these days made it to social media, Twitter, and somebody kind of quoted that segment. And uh, posted on Twitter and was like, wow, I can't believe KD just did that to CJ on his own podcast. So Big Cat at Barstool quoted that tweet at CJ McCollum and said, uh, tweeted at CJ saying, hey, can I use the B word again to associate with Kevin Durant, you know, since yeah. he did this or whatever. And CJ responded, you know, basically saying that he thought the B word was, har- was harsh, but he compared KD joining the Warriors. This is a really weird analogy but to a gang fight then switching gangs after getting beat up and so then kd responds to cj and basically well here i got the tweets i'll pull them up <laughs> took screenshots of them it's, it's just better if you read it so cj said i still think the b word is harsh and shouldn't be used he know that decision was soft but i respect it it's like getting jumped with your brothers by a gang you should have beat then joining the gang that jumps you and your brothers two months later and forgetting about your bros so kd replies very shortly after, I may add, and says, so I would get into a gang fight, lose, plot on my brother for two months in our home, and then go get the gang we lost to and beat him up? You think that low of me, CJ? I just did your f-ing podcast. That was the best part. Snakes in the grass, boy, I tell you, also another great part that he called CJ a snake. Anyways, very, very interesting. Yeah, a lot. basically there. what that tweet says, KD says, CJ, are you saying I did exactly what I did? That's, and he even went into detail plot on my brother for two months in our home like cj didn't even mention anything about that so what are you yeah, saying Kevin? and, and kd like, was having draymond over during the western conference finals 
Exactly. And was telling exactly. his his exactly. agent saying, "I think I want to join the Warriors whenever they're playing in the finals." Man, f- this guy, f- this guy. Yep. And then they they were asking him about it at USA Basket, you know, the training camp or whatever, uh, out in Vegas, and he was like, basically was saying, "No, you, you guys are just looking into it too much." I mean, look, I'll even go when he, when CJ gets back into town from China, I'll even go drink some wine with him in New York, and you'll see. It's just like, no, dude, you just tweeted that out. Like that's not how that works. Yeah. Just oh man, he's the worst. He really is. Just so insecure, so insecure. He's just he's got to let it die, like yep. Nate Jones said. He, and Nate, Nate Jones he, NBA. He can't. He, just, he can't. Right. He's. He's, he's got to constantly defend himself. Yep, and he—I don't think it's the fact that he is constantly on social media defending himself. I think it's the fact that he feels like he needs to be on social media defending himself. Exactly. You know, because deep down he feels that he may be made yep. the wrong decision. He 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 knows he he done goofed. Yep. Yeah, Ugh. but I mean, all you gotta say is just I made a decision I felt was best for me, and I'm happy with where I'm at, and then just. Don't bring it up again. And this would die down. You know, the reason that this continues to get brought up so much is because people he's the, love... He's the one that keeps bringing it back up, you know? Uh, yeah. Yep. yep. He's not going to be on the Warriors after this season, I don't think. I don't either. I don't gone. either. I'm not since he's, quote-unquote, you know, going to be looking at OKC like uh, Sam... Or who was it? Uh, um, Chris it was, Mannix. Uh, yeah, Chris Mannix. Uh, you know, he he mentioned a couple times. And there, I, I know Royce is kind of on... Uh, kind of feels like he'll be looking to come back at some point, maybe sooner than people expect. I'm not convinced on that. I wouldn't be shocked if he does come back at some point to end, end his career or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't think he'll be with the, with Golden State after the season. Yep. All right, enough Kevin Durant talk. I'm getting <laughs> angry. Yep, yep. So next, uh, speaking of angry, there's this guy named Carmelo Anthony. God a damn it. Angry. <laughs> Got interviewed by Jamel Hill uh, with ESPN. How do you pronounce her first name? Did I do that right? Jamil. Yeah, Jamil. Okay, cool. I don't want to bu- just completely butcher that. But nope, you're good. Uh, yeah. So he uh, offered some interesting insight into his time with OKC. Basically just said that it was all rushed, that when he got there, you know, they already had a plan in place and they had to change it when they acquired Melo. And he was kind of left on his own to figure it out type of thing. Basically and, it, and he he started all this with a little disclaimer saying, "I've never said this before." And so when like, he said it at exit interviews, he literally said it. Yeah, yeah, he literally said this, it. At exit this interviews. is all Mello trying to cover and make Mello look good. Yep, that's Which what he's this done is. His entire career. Yep, Th- that, that's all this is. And then again, he's uh, he had a quote. I don't know if you have it written down here. He had a quote where he said something along the lines of, "I know how to play this game, and I know yeah. that I can still be a starter." And whenever it's time for me to come off the bench, I'll accept that. Dude, he's been in denial for forever. I know how to play this game of basketball, he said. I've been playing it for a long time. When I feel like I'm ready to take that role, then I'll take that role. Only I know when it's best for me to take that role. I'm not going to do that in a situation where I still don't know my capabilities and what what I can do. <laughs> he thinks yeah. he is top three player in the world right I'll now. tell you your capabilities. Your capabilities is a bench score at this point in your league because you're fat. You're yeah. not in shape. You're not athletic. You can't dunk anymore, and you can't guard a shadow. You're you know? really confident like, of your abilities, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I get that you're Carmelo Anthony and you're still an elite scorer, but you're a Hall of Fame. Yeah, All but I don't. Right. Sorry, I don't give a shit anymore about your uh, your Instagram videos of you in a gym shooting over a guy that's five foot nine with your you hood know? on. Yeah, Man, you I'm know, I I. Doesn't mean much to me. I don't care about seeing you in a pl- in a pickup game. I care so, about seeing you in a playoff game where you got cooked by every single member of the Utah Jazz. And we're 
you weren't playable. Yeah. Yeah. That the team yep. played better when you took less shots and when you were on the bench and Jeremy Grant and Patrick Patterson were playing. See, and that's why I just don't understand. Like, I, I could see where Melo may play a little better with Houston because of CP3 and kind of holding him accountable and then you may be getting him some different type of looks. Yep. But I just don't see how CP3 he's going to can't make those feet move quicker. Yeah, right. He you can't know? make him play defense, right? Yeah, CP, CP3 can't make him move laterally faster. CP3 so can't just, make him jump higher, <laughs> you know? Can't get him in shape, yeah. Yeah. So I, I just don't see it. I don't see how Melo's going to, you know, just become Olympic, this mythical Olympic hoodie Melo over in Houston after he failed to do so with yep. PG. And Pro. hey, let, let me put this on the record. If, if Houston, again, goes out and wins 55, 60 games – um, and gets into the playoffs and makes the Western Conference Finals again. And instead of having Mbamute and Ariza, they have Ennis and Mello. And, Mello. And, they're, and they're able to reproduce that. Hats off to Daryl Morey. Hats off to um, Mike D'Antoni. Like, yep. hats off to that organization because that's impressive. Oh, you know? that'd um, be more, yeah, almost the, as impressive as if they would have been, would have beat uh, the Warriors this past season. Yeah, postseason. exactly. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm just saying I'm not holding my breath. I'm know, that's you. all I'm saying. I'm with you. So one more Thunder player made some some comments about OKC, but this time it was really, really awesome. Paul George was interviewed in the Las Vegas uh, during the USA summer or summer camp or whatever, the yeah. training camp. Um, basically, with some quotes that stood out to me, um, you know, Russ is in the background, tell them, tell them the truth, tell them I'm a bad teammate. And they're both having laughs. And so Paul George goes ahead and says, you know, I know the media had the memes of him saying peace, not going anywhere during all-star break. Uh, we got a kick out of that. George said, honestly, Russ didn't put any pressure on me, but he knew all along I was going to stick around. Dude, and that was, what, I that read was what that whole hand. article with such yeah. a dumb smile on my face I did, I did too i did too and then the i think the sports illustrated one might have been a, even better you know the i think the biggest quote that's going around from that one is you know my feelings for the lakers are the same i love the organization love the history love the legacy george said but being around sam being around russ being around billy uh dre steven i gained a brotherhood and giving that group only giving that group only one year just didn't sit well with me so i think that's awesome yeah um, we're gonna have a motivated uh pumped up Paul George feels like he left some stuff out on the table last Man, season. Um, Paul George is the guy that we thought Kevin Durant was. That's a, I loved when you said that. He the is the guy we like, thought KD was. Like, yep, he's the one. Paul, you can actually... Paul's a real one, man. We got a real one here in OKC. Yep, and we got him long term. Oh so yeah, that's that's God, pretty, it makes me so happy. Awesome. Like, it I just know. makes me a wreck. Man, I've been I've been having. Speaking of that, I've been having these reoccurring nightmares the past two nights. <laughs> Dude, I have weird dreams. Like, I, I think everyone probably says that. They just have weird dreams. And, like, yeah. I barely – like, you remember your dreams when you wake up, but then, like, five minutes after you wake up, like, most of it's Don't gone, remember. right? Yep. Um, I do know I've had I, – I apparently, the only ones I remember are, like, bad dreams. I guess I just have nightmares all the time. But the past two nights, I've had dreams that the Thunder are playing, and I'm trying to watch it on TV, but I'm at a place that doesn't have the channel – <laughs> and I can't watch the game and like I'm freaking out and like And there's like big stuff happening that yeah, you're seeing and, and like and like Twitter won't load and stuff. And Ugh. so I can't keep up with a Thunder game. Like it's a bad Ugh. dream, man. It wakes me up in the middle of the night because I can't watch this That's team stressful. play. And then I think about it and I'm like, dude, we still got what, like three months to go? <laughs> like 
it's the the oh. off season. It, it'll get to you. It'll oh. really get to you. It's bad. I need football to get here to hold me over. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm with you. So just a couple more things I have. Jacob, any more roster additions, upgrades for the season begins? I think me and you have talked about this on the pod previously. Uh, we kind of both expect maybe one more trade to happen yep. before the season's over. But apparently, uh, Royce Young's pretty pretty confident that Singler will be gone. It seems yep. though that maybe that's just going to be a subtraction that they're not going to add anybody else to the roster. That might just be a tax saving move. Yeah, and and you know maybe that's a good idea. And you know just going to into the season with fourteen players on roster and and Having leave that, that spot, spot open deadline. for you know the trade deadline if you do a, a yep. two for one or something. So yep. I, I I don't know if they're going to add anybody else. This might be the team that we we go into the season with. So speaking of that. You know, I think we both kind of say that, thinking that maybe this team, while it's a huge upgrade probably from last season, or a big significant upgrade from last season, um, there's probably still one more piece or maybe a couple smaller pieces in order for this to be a big championship contender that can compete with the likes of Golden State, maybe even Boston uh, when it comes to a playoff series. So what do you think the OKC still needs to get them to that point? For me, it it really seems like they still need that guy that can come off the bench that can play both forward spots, the three and the four, kind of a versatile, like six, eight guy, um, yep. kind of like a Rudy Gay, um, kind of like a, a Trevor Ariza, um, someone kind of in that mold, you know, uh, that, I mean, we're loaded at guard point guards. Good centers. Definitely good power guard. forwards. Good. Um, shooting guards, not proven, but we got like 10 of them. You know, so it, it just seems like we need that guy that can come in and like back up Paul George and kind of be that that three slash four can stretch out, and shoot a three, but can bang down low a little bit. Um, can you contribute know, off the bench, you yeah. know, and maybe even play sometimes with some of the starters. Yeah, score some I buckets. I, I think starting off the season, uh, we probably see like TLC as PG's backup. Um, but yep. he's more of a two, three than a three, four, you know? So I think that bigger wing is, is kind of the last piece they need to add to the team. And I feel to come like trade deadline, like we just talked about, it seems like those are the kinds of players that are most abundant or that you hear the most of us, uh, like championship teams for trying to acquire. Yep. Uh, so I definitely think that's somebody that they'll try and target. And I'm with you there. I think they do, definitely. Need, especially cause you got to think about if we're going to be staggering Russ and Paul George, which press or which, uh, Billy will obviously be doing. When Paul comes off, you also want somebody that can play alongside Russ. Definitely. And like we said, TLC could definitely be that guy, but he's going to have to develop, and that's going to take a little time. Um, so it would be nice to get a vet that could come in and, and do that and play really well with, with him and yep. also contribute off the bench when both of them are sitting. And, and, so. and again, teams are some teams are going to be looking to get off long-term money, uh, especially at the trade deadline, so they can get into 2019 sure. free agency, and the Thunder are sitting with a $10.9 million uh, player exception, trade player exception. They have like two separate ones now, right? I think that was the other uh, one of the trades that happened recently. They acquired another one. I saw. Oh, okay. Uh, that's around a similar amount, which is crazy. So but. yeah, but yeah, that that, that uh, trade exception. You know, I I think they're gonna try to use that at the trade deadline or next summer. I, I've been saying that since it was announced that they got that. So. Yep. So Ferguson, Diallo, TLC, Abrinas, like you said, the shooting guard position is pretty stacked right now. Uh, so who do we think gets the most minutes this season? And who's in the playoff rotation come playoff time? Oh man, this is a good one. Most that's minutes we out of those a guys. We talked about this TLC earlier. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have mine on who I think is going to get the most minutes. Do you know who your guy is? Yep. Okay. 
I wonder if we have the same guy. On the count of three, say your guy, right? Yeah. One, two, three. Ferguson. Ferg. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I think he's going to get a bulk of those back up two minutes. I think if Dre can't go at the beginning of the season, that Ferg's going to be the starter. I think they got a lot of hope in him. I think, and you know, and he's so. done it before too. You know, so he, so who's out of out of those? So Ferguson off the board now. Diallo, TLC, Abrinas. Who gets the second most amount of minutes out of those guys? Well, I, th- this is kind of what I was hinting at earlier in the pod. We were talking about TLC. I think you're exactly right. I think he's going to be essentially Paul George's backup. You know, the kind of the second stringer that comes in for him, um, at least until they can find another piece, or you know, until Billy starts tinkering with rotations. I think TLC is going to be that guy. I, I Diallo. I think he'll get some some burn time or you know some uh, end of the game type minutes yep. when it comes to blowouts and that kind of stuff. Um, he may see some time here and there just because, as I mentioned, Billy loves tinkering with lineups. But for the most part, this is going to be a developmental year for him and just for him to kind of get his feet wet and get to play and practice with these guys like Russ and PG and et cetera. And then Abrinas, uh, and we've talked a little bit about this, I think previous pods and we just hinted at it again a little earlier. I'm not sure Abrinas is going to be on the roster. Yeah. At least. And I love Abrinas, man. I like his game, especially like a lot to offer. Yeah. This team needs shooting and he's a great, great shooter. Like I'd love to see him stay this season. I hope I'm wrong. That's just a, I think I think they want to try to develop Ferguson more, but I think if Ferguson doesn't make the strides that they hope he can make, I think Abrinas gets more of the burn down the stretch and into the playoffs. So. And then, you know, this time come maybe around midseason or maybe even playoff time, we'll be saying, wow, Abrinas is the one who ended up getting all Ferg's minutes. Yep. Uh, or not all, but, you know, got ended up getting the most out of that group. So yep, there's sure. really no telling. Definitely. Awesome. So that was kind of a lot for the Thunder. Like I said, it was a busy week, but uh, we had some exciting news. Uh, I believe, with our basketball t-shirt line that we mentioned on the last podcast. Heck yes. Yeah. So um, Andrew, uh, he's on Twitter at Passive Juice. He's on Instagram at Passive Juice Motel. We're teaming up with him uh, to promote his new Thunder-themed uh, shirt line. And he settled on a name. The uh, the, the Thunder shirts are the, – the branding is going to be Motoko. Motoko? I think it's Motoko. Um, Japanese for basketball. He's got a really cool story behind it that he's going to have on the website. The website should be up soon, including those Dennis the Menace shirts, which are freaking awesome. We're going to be collaborating with Andrew all season, coming up with awesome shirt ideas, releasing new shirts. You'll be able to find them through Andrew's website. You'll be able to find them uh, on social media. We're going to link it through our website once, once the Motoko line gets up and going the website gets up and going so be on the lookout for that andrew's a great dude he's uh locally based he's up actually in uh taylor's neck of the woods up in tulsa yep. he's uh he's a solid guy you know trying to trying to blaze his own trail make you know make his own money not you know go sell out and join somebody else he's he's running his own company and he's so it's not only are you getting really dope Thunder shirts through Andrew, but you're also supporting local business and supporting a, a local Thunder fan who's doing it. And, and we couldn't be more yep. excited to be teaming up with him. So make sure you're checking that stuff out. We will tweet out the link whenever the Dennis the Menace shirts are for sale and live. Uh, we'll probably give away one or two here on the podcast. So we're really excited for it. It's going to be some awesome stuff. So make sure you check out Andrew. He's on Twitter at Passive Juice, and he's on Instagram at Passive Juice Motel. And the website is shop.passivejuicemotel.com. They actually just his the passive juice line just dropped Harry Potter shirts. 
and they're, oh, they're pretty cool. incredible. <laughs> they're pretty incredible. So cool. if you're a Harry Potter fan, uh, go hit that up. He's got tons of, of shirts related to pop culture on there. So if you're into that, go hit that up. They're super awesome shirts. He actually made the our uncontested shirts. And we're excited to be teaming up with them. So make sure you guys are staying up Definitely. to date with that stuff. Yeah. All right. Taylor, you ready to move on to Around the Association? Let's do it. All around the world. Awesome. So not a whole lot going on around the league right now. We figured in the middle of the dead time of the summer, this would be a fun time to try something a little bit different. And we've been talking a lot about how the Thunder are obsessed with the 2013 NBA draft class, um, known around the league as one of the worst drafts in recent memory. And for some reason, the Thunder just, they love that draft. Taylor and I were talking before the podcast 33% of the Thunder's roster right now made up of people from the 2013 draft. Five five guys from 2013 are on the Thunder crazy. roster right now. So, so it's, crazy. It's interesting. Um, looking back in hindsight on this draft, um, it was a bad draft. And people missed all over the board. Um, best players. It's hard were, to, some, definitely was hard to, to Yeah, some Some of the best predict. players weren't even in the lottery, man. Like... Yeah, you know the be- the guys that ended up being the best from this draft class weren't even in the lottery, so it's kind of crazy. Um, but Taylor and I are going to redraft the twenty thirteen draft. So we are not going to look at it from a team perspective. We're not going to look at it from a need perspective. We are simply going to go through like we're GMs. We're going to draft the best available player, right? Looking back in hindsight, so we'll go back and forth. We'll see which ones match up, which ones don't match up. And uh, we're going to go through the lottery. We'll probably go up to number 15 or 16, see what we got. So, Taylor, are you ready? Cool. Let's do it. Let's. I'm going to throw it over to you with the first overall pick in the 2013 draft. Well, I think you obviously have to go into Takupo here. Oh, yes. The Greek freak. I mean, he obviously has been the best to emerge out of this out of this draft class, which is, like you said, is really interesting. He wasn't even a lottery pick. Yep. So, it's, uh, he, he's, the, yeah. he's the best in this draft class. And he's the one that's got like the best chance to win an MVP. I don't yep. know if he's got the best chance to get a title, but he's probably the best player that could like lead a team to a title. So yeah, yeah I'm with absolutely. you 100%. We, I think I, they're I doing the have... right thing, building around him, you know, yep. and he seems very loyal. Um, you know, obviously we, we've seen that go a couple different ways uh, yeah. between Paul George and Kevin Durant, but I think he, he definitely is one that's going to stick around in Milwaukee. And have you seen that picture chance. on Twitter, his workout picture? He got jacked. Dude, he's I mean, huge. He's been juicing or something. He nutty. got huge. <laughs> yeah, Antetokounmpo Kumpo was taken 15 overall in 2013. Wow. We just bumped him up to number one, so up 14 spots. I had Antetokounmpo number one as well. Um, so my pick for pick number two in this draft, I'm going with the guy that went 27th overall, actually, Rudy Gobert. Wow. Okay, yeah, there you go. Me too. That's who I have. Okay, very Which good. Which is funny. Uh, and I'll read Kamiar's uh, list really quickly once we get finished or whatever. But he had a uh, Vic, so I was kind of thinking you guys were going to go with the guards here. And uh, but yeah, I, had, I went ahead and bumped Rudy up to two. Yeah, just that level of a shot blocker, that deterrent, um, you know, rim running center, j- just the way. And obviously, it was shown that like he he couldn't hang up with 
with Houston in the playoffs and the pick and roll yep. and stuff. But during that regular season, he was the reason that defense was so good. During that yep. Oklahoma City series, he was the reason that defense was so good. Um, and I just think if you redraft, he's gotten this, better too. Uh, gotten better also, you know, each yep. each season. So I, I just think if you redraft this, you you have to go Rudy Gobert number two. That just I, just I think agree. You have to. All right, number three, Taylor. Who do you got? I mentioned him a little bit ago, Victor Oladipo. I'm putting nice. him above CJ McCollum uh, for that first guard spot. Uh, I just I really like what Depot's doing with his game. I think he's continuing to develop, and I, I feel really confident taking him up there. You know, pretty high. I loved Victor Oladipo in this draft. Whenever it happened, so Vic, we're actually dropping a spot to to number three from two to three. Uh, I loved him in the draft. The Thunder loved him in that draft. They tried to trade up to yeah. get him in this draft. They tried to trade that pick number 12, uh, the pick number 26, I think, maybe 29, whatever it was. Um, tried to trade uh, Kendrick Perkins, yeah. which, which in hindsight's hilarious, yeah. uh, to get up to get Oladipo. They couldn't do it. Uh, end up getting him later. But, uh, yeah, I love Vic. I do not have Vic at number three, though. Um, so moving on to number pick number four, since you left him on the board for me, I am taking CJ. CJ. McCollum. I right. love, I love CJ's game. He needs to get better defensively, but he can handle the ball. He is an insane shooter. Just a great offensive talent. I think CJ could be the number one. Oh, that's, that's kind of a bold statement. I think he could probably be a number one guy on a playoff team. I think yep. he's probably a co number one or a number two guy on like a contender uh, but I love CJ McCollum. I love his game. I love his attitude. I love his personality. I do too. I do too. Uh, yeah, I just I I feel that, and maybe I just kind of have seen the whole Portland situation, and my judgments may be a little clouded by all that. Um, and just you know, then I saw Depot go to go to Indiana and just have a great season. I just felt that Victor maybe had a little more upside at this point, and maybe CJ's kind of reached around where his peak's going to be. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you just you can't go wrong either way there. I don't think so. That's yeah, I, I'm with you. I like CJ. Very good. So then we're on to pick number five now, which is yours. The man, the myth, the legend, Stephen Adams. I had the same. Very good. <laughs> I don't uh, think you can. Yeah, I don't think he can drop much further. Yeah, uh, which is awesome. So we're moving Stephen Adams up seven spots from the twelve. He was actually number twelve to the Thunder. We're what moving him up to, to pick number five. Yeah. Um, you know, just I mean, it was just, a gamble. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a gamble, and there were other bigs on the board. Um, yeah. Fun fun story. I don't know if I've told this story on the pod or not, but a few years ago, uh, the the last year Kevin Durant played in Oklahoma City. Before that season started, I got to go to. The, I remember you haven't said this on the pod. I don't think, but you've told me this story, okay. and it's uh, it's pretty cool. I got to go to the Thunder Blue and White scrimmage. I think it was down in Newcastle that year, and before the scrimmage started, because I had won tickets to it. Uh, they let the people that won tickets have a Q and a with Sam Presti. And that was the, I, so that wasn't the year that they drafted Adams, but I remember asking him about Steven Adams and, um, you know, what was Steven Adams, the, the guy that they had slated to, to pick there. And he said, he told me that Steven Adams, like on their board, he was the number one guy on their board whenever their pick came up. But the other guy that they were considering was still on the board and that they would have ended up doing really well with either one of those guys. And I, so I said, okay, Sam, can you, can, tell, us? Can you tell me who the other guy was? And he said, I'm not going to tell you that. And <laughs> I've always wondered, a lot of people always thought it was going to be Kelly Olenek was the other guy. Uh, I think it was I think Rudy. Giannis. I, oh, oh, oh Rudy. you think it's Giannis? Oh, cool. Interesting. I Wait, think it was Rudy. Wasn't he at 15? 
Giannis, Wasn't that like Giannis, Giannis was at 15? 15, yeah. So he was like so the next three available. Spots after I- Yep, and I or, no, three spots later, yeah. But you're right. That's a good point. I, I thought I always Rudy. thought it that's was really they were looking team. at a big in that draft, so I thought it was going to be uh, Rudy. Okay, yeah, so, that's a good. That's a good point. They were looking for a big, so it, yeah. Huh. Uh, Stephen Adams has a biography coming out, which is pretty awesome. It's a pretty cool uh, little article they wrote up about him. That yeah, about his, his kind of making the rounds on Twitter. Yeah, the, his struggle with depression and stuff, and yeah. uh, you know his his strive to make the NBA. Really cool stuff. Okay, so we yep. got Adams at number five, which means I have pick number six. Uh, I think this is where we're going to start diverging a little bit. I think after pick five, yep. we're going to start moving in different directions. Pick kind of a crapshoot from yeah, here on pick out. Pick six, I am taking Otto Porter Jr. That's who I had. Hey, nice. Wow. I, I like Porter's me. shooting. I like his length. I like his size. He is that prototypical three slash four we were talking about earlier. That's like highly coveted in the league right now. Um, he's definitely not a number one guy on a team, but right. he, he can be a part of a really, really good core, you know, and I, he can he, say healthy. He might be an all-star this year considering yeah. the East is oh, so depleted. God, yeah. <laughs> Dude, me and you could be an all-star in the East this year. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I, I took Otto game. Porter. I like his game. I like his shot. Um, he's pretty versatile. He's got great size. So I think he's a, he's a solid pick to take at pick number six. So on to pick seven, Taylor. Who you got? I got another Thunder player, Andre Robertson. Oh wow, you threw Dre up there high, man. His defense has proven. I mean, he he's maybe the he's up there as the most elite defender in the league right now. Oh yeah, uh, at least perimeter defender. And I just I, I love what he brings. We mentioned his cutting, uh, his ability to space the floor in that way. Even if his his shooting and his free throw shooting is you know god awful, but um, yeah, I put him one spot uh, under Otto because obviously I think Otto has much more of a complete game and is also a very good defender when healthy. So. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I love Jare, what he brings as a Thunder fan. I think I appreciate him much more than probably a lot of other people do around the league. Uh, but yeah, I'd put him up there, you know, above the Tony Snells and the Alan Crabs and the Caldwell Popes of this draft. So nice. Yeah. I, I love Dre, but you know, he's definitely a one trick pony, but yep. I guess that at number seven in this draft, you know, that's, that's not bad to get a, a guy that last year, if he didn't get injured, was going to be defensive player of the year. You know, I yep. mean. Well, I guess I got to dis- you know, just disclaimer that with I'm assuming that this team has, you know, it's, I'm assuming this is in the Phoenix Suns picking Andre Robertson yeah. with this pick. Yeah. I'm assuming it's, uh, you know, maybe like a Boston Celtics that have, you know, something like that who have traded and gotten a high lottery pick in a previous trade. They're already kind of they're trying to build around around guys. Definitely. So. OK, so I'm up with pick number eight. I am taking the infamous ankle brace, the the ankle tracker, the house arrest man. <laughs> Contavious Caldwell Pope. Um, I, I again, I think he's got good size. He's a two slash three. He can shoot the ball well. He's a good offensive player. He was, you know, decent. He was good for the Lakers last year for a, an awful, awful team. I'm interested to see what he does this year um, when he's going to have a guy that's going to demand greatness from him with LeBron James. You know, so I really like, yeah, no, absolutely, and I, I really like KCP also, and I think. Those are all valid points, but I actually had Tony Snell above KCP. Oh, wow. Um, similar position. Yeah, I, I really like Snell. Uh, I had him as, as my eighth pick. So you're uh, taking just, him at nine then? So I would, yeah, I would take him at nine. Oh, between him and Schroeder. So I had Schroeder at, on my nine spot. That's so tough. Oh, uh-oh. Who are you taking at nine? I might take Schroeder. I think I'm going to take Schroeder over Snell. All right. Schroeder the, the shooter. The, uh, the starting point guard 
over the uh, the wing that has kind of had an up and down career. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I like that pick. Schroeder is. I mean, God, looking back at this in the first round of this draft, it's crazy. Schroeder's the only guy, the only starting point guard from yep. this draft because you can't really yep. consider Vic a point guard. Um, Michael Carter Williams, not a starting point guard. Shane Larkin, yep. not a starting point guard. Uh, Trey Burke's not a starting point guard anymore. No. Yeah. I, don't even know I mean, this is if you're looking to get a point guard out of this 2013 draft, Schroeder's the way to go. Schroeder's the guy. Schroeder's yep. the guy. Yeah. So, no, yep. I, I, I'm with you on that. That's a good pick. That is a good pick. Um, spoiler alert. I'll just say it now, and it, it's kind of interesting. Um, I don't even have Snell on my top 15. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So you're low on Snell. I'm up at number 10. I am taking Kelly Olenek. Okay. Yeah. I have him at 12, so very close. I um he he's solid offensive big man. He can play the four, he can play the five, he can shoot it, he can put the ball on the floor a little bit. Uh defensively he struggles. Um like a lot of white men in the NBA, defensively they struggle. But he's he he's a good like what he does for Miami coming off the bench and being like a bench scorer at like one of the big positions for Miami. You know, he's he's solid in his role and what he does. And I think at pick ten in the draft, if you're getting a guy that can average 12 to 15 points a game, you're doing well. So yep. I'm taking I'm taking Kelly Olenek, number 10. All right. So we're on to number 11. Who you got? So you already took KCP. That's who I have in that spot. So I'm going to probably go ahead and end the uh, Olenek I also had uh, at 12. I'm going to go ahead and go with Alan Crabb with the 11th pick. All right. I had Crabb a little bit lower down on my on my draft board. I had him at 14. Um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, role player, guy that can hit a three. A decent size. You know, he, he played well for Portland. Um, obviously, Brooklyn's not a good team, so he didn't play good, yep. good for Brooklyn. But, yeah. No, I think that's a good pick. I think that's a good pick. Number 12, I am taking newly acquired Thunder big man, Nerlens Noel. There you go. I had him at 13. I know so he's that... had a little bit of injury issues and, and whatnot, but he is, has an elite skill of rim rim protection, blocking shots. He's uh, a good-sized body for a big man, uh, but he's lean. He can run. He's pretty athletic. Yep. And I think at 12, number 12 in the draft, you got to take a flyer on a guy like that. I'm with you. I'm getting really – I really just – small uh, side note, I'm getting really excited about Noel. I'm yeah. really it's gonna be talking fun, myself man. into him. Hey, so, hot yep. take. Hot, I, I can even drop myself a hot take sounder for take this. sounder, there you go. Um, hot take, if Noel performs – good this year not decent yep. good to great yep um i would not be surprised if at this time next summer noel is on the thunder roster on like a three-year 45 million dollar deal like 15 million Ooh. per the jeremy and, grant deal and yeah something like well yeah a little bit more than jeremy grant no. yeah and they um they trade stephen adams <sighs> i'm sweating you tell me that motherfucking hot you lied Oh, as okay. a Thunder fan, I don't want that to happen because I love Stephen Adams. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where you're coming. If from. you can trade twenty six million dollars of a big man, about that. So yeah, if you can trade twenty six yeah. million dollars of a big man, um, and replace him with a rim protecting, blocking fifteen million dollar a year big man, and for Stephen Adams, you can get like a wing or something. It, it makes a lot of sense. It makes yep. a lot of sense. 
I yeah. don't like it because, dude, I would give my life for Carl Adams. I'm one of his blood riders, bro. Like forever and always. <laughs> so, but oh yeah, I'm with you. That's that's a good, uh, it's a good take and a a hot take for sure. I like it. Pick like thirteen. It. Who you got? Uh, thirteen. I I had Noel in that spot, so I'm going to go with Solomon Hill. I thought about taking Trey Burke over him, but uh, hey, I had Solomon Hill on my tough. list too, so that's a good pick. Cool. Cool. Good defender, shoots the three decent. What is, it, what is he shooting from three for his career? He's at thirty three percent, so like around league cool. average. Yeah, about league um, average. I just I like his. Uh, he he plays good defense. Yeah, I think he's performed really well for New Orleans. Um, so yeah, definitely. All right then. So with I got two people left on my board. Pick yep. fourteen. I'm apparently I'm uh the guy that just takes the bigs. I'm going Cody Zeller. Okay. Yeah. I think he's a good defender. I think he's a good I had passer. Cody in my top twenty. But not um, top 15, so. I, I I just like Cody Zeller's game. I think he's I think he's a good, solid, all around big man. You know, I don't think he's yep. an all NBA guy, an all star guy, you know, anything like that. I just he's solid, solid big man, and if you can get that at fourteen, you're you're doing good. So fifteen I'm is yours. And I'm going to wrap it up here with Trey Burke. Trey Burke. Very good. Um this, I mean, this just, is awful he, podcasting, uh, awful podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> Trey Burke. Is Trey Burke um, the point guard or the wing? He, I think he plays a little bit of both, but primarily a point guard. Is, um, is he the one up in New York now? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Burks. Play for Washington. Oh, Burks, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, always yeah. get those two confused. Yeah, yeah okay. maybe he is just a pure point guard. But yeah, he, uh, he just, I don't know, I've, I've liked watching him. I think he contributed to Utah. That's kind of when I watched him the most. I haven't watched him as much i didn't watch him as much with washington uh last season speaking of but, uh, 2013 guys on the thunder roster they had him signed last year before he left and then they picked up um forgot Felton about instead. that yeah he was gonna be their, their backup point guard last year i was just year. about to say he, he'd make a very solid or he does make and i think he will make a very solid backup point guard in the league so yeah i, would, I forgot about that it would have been pretty fun to watch yep honorable mention my next my next and last guy on my board was tim hardaway jr yeah, so I had uh, at 16, I had Mason Plumley, uh, just you know another big guy who yep. contribute in some capacity. 17, I had Hardaway Jr. Uh, I got to mention 18, had Alex Abrines. bumped him up from the second round up to yeah, that 18 spot, nice. like that. Uh, Alex Lenai is kind of threw in there at 19 because, I mean, he at least I think has untapped potential. I'm just not sure if he'll we'll ever see it come to fruition. And then uh, Shabazz Muhammad wrapped up my top 20. Nice. So. You got you got to take Shabazz just because his name. Yeah, Shabazz just because his cool name. name. Shabazz is such a good name. And I was kind of surprised. When I was looking up his career uh, career stats. He's he has some decent stats. So and the number one pick in the draft wasn't even on our board. That's Poor crazy. Anthony Bennett. He's awful. Cleveland so punted crazy. so hard on that draft, man. That was bad. such a they bad were draft. Sa- they were saved by LeBron coming back. I mean, yes. imagine if that. Granted, I know they had Kyrie, but. If LeBron wouldn't have come back, that just would have been really bad. So yeah, definitely. All right. Well, hey Taylor, you want to move on to some Twitter questions? Do it. Awesome. So you got the first one here. So our guy drinking tea submitted two, and the first of those is: Do you guys also get the feeling that Felton is going to be used as a spot up two next year? Because I know Billy has got it in him, as in he he wants to do that. Yeah. I, <laughs> there's going to be times where Felton is out there with either Schroeder or Russ. Like I will guarantee yep. that they're not just going to let. Felton ride the bench all year. Gotta let him run run off those calories somewhere. 
<laughs> they love them. They love that hard nose attitude and you yeah. know kind of ferocity that reigns. And hey, in, in certain stints, I'm okay with it, man. Like I, yeah. I like Felton as a player. Like yeah. I think he's good, especially with uh, alongside Dennis. I think you know if, if another team's playing a small like that, I think that could be a, a really good lineup. Definitely. So next one uh, from at Drinking Tea again. He says over under on Adams averaging 16 and a half points a game, and what do we think he will average? So, Taylor, over under, is he going to average on 16 and a half points a game? What are you taking? Man, I'm going to say under. I'm going. But under I don't think it's well. going to be. I don't think it's going to be too much. I mean, I I think it's going to be around there. Um, but I think 16 and a half probably a little too high. I think I'm probably I, going. I would, if if you put it at 14 and a half, half it would have been a lot tougher of a, a question for me. I, yep. I'm thinking about 14, 15 points a game for him. Um, be- partially because I think he's not going to play as many minutes because I think New Orleans might get more. That's a good point. And I was yeah. just thinking, too, with PG, uh, the offense opening up more. You know, you have Shooter, Russ, PG, guys like that. They're going to be taking uh, more shots now with Melo gone. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, but I, I but hope, gotta, I hope Adams gets more, be like two to three more shots a game with I hope Melo so. gone. So. Yep. So our next question is at Born Bruin, a UCLA fan, I'm assuming. Win total prediction, and which is kind of funny because I was actually thinking about this this past week when I was listening to a couple other podcasts. Uh, how would you bet the over-under for OKC right now, 44 and a half wins, which is the current Vegas line? Interesting. Um, 44 and a half is low, man. That's what I was thinking. It's low, but the they, West uh, is crazy. It's that, and then the fact that they underperformed last season, I think, yeah. is, the, is the two indications I, on that. I'm factors. taking, I'm taking the over on that. I'm going to say this team is going to get. What, what did they win last year? 46, 48, 48. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, with, with, with the elevated, head, with the elevated West, um, I'm going to say the Thunder gets 50 wins. Okay, I was gonna go 53. That's the number I've uh, decided oh, on. Oh wow, that's okay. pretty optimistic. But I, I mean, if we are predicting Thunder to get the two or the three seed, like we've talked about, uh, I think they're gonna at least have to have that, you know. So uh, I'm gonna go with 53 as my my over under for Very this nice. season. So okay, next one we have at Drew underscore six eleven. He said, "Would well, you want KD to come back if it meant OKC wins a championship?" And if KD wants to come back, would you be okay with Presti trading Steven Adams? And there it is. We just talked about this a little bit. But uh, so in terms of KD coming back to OKC, if it meant winning a championship, absolutely. Sign me up. I don't care. I want that ship. I want that ring here in, in OKC. As we've seen with this league, nothing, you know, you, you can't take that for granted. Yeah, and so I absolutely be okay. I And also I, I kind of, I do, I kind of like the whole idea of Katie coming back, maybe finishing up his prime or finishing up his career in OKC and just trying to win a ring for uh, a franchise that he still considers to be home, as we talked about earlier. But the whole trading Adams is tough. Yeah, you'd that have to get rid of Adams to bring that him back. Hurts. And Here's to do my that thing. after a guy that left you, and yeah. oh, it's just oof, I, that doesn't sell well. I want a championship, but KD already cost me Dion Waiters. If he cost yeah. me Steven Adams as well, yep, unforgivable. Yep, unforgivable. It's one thing to like trade Steven to like acquire LeBron James or somebody like that who has no connection to OKC yeah. right now, but somebody like KD who left and how. Man, could you imagine explaining that to Steven? Like, oh, when it goes just, through, you just have to say, like, hey, Steven, we love you, but we're giving you what for our ex that already broke up with us and went and banged some other dude? 
because he's better. Like, yeah. Ugh. You know that? Now, yeah, that, that's that's basically like saying like me. you go up to that your fiance and you say, "Hey, babe, I'm breaking up with you because my old girlfriend, who's way harder than you, that cheated on me, <laughs> wants to come back to me." So I'm gonna have to call off this whole uh, engagement. <laughs> like, how crappy is that, dude? Like, yeah, can't yeah, that's what it comes across. Right. He just had an article about how he's depressed. You can't trade him for Kevin Durant. Or how he was depressed, but he's found his his you know his home. Yeah, okay. you know, spark the depression back up. Pro, homie's <laughs> gonna need more Prozac. He's gonna move back to New Zealand. Nah, nah, keep it, uh, Stephen. Can't do it. Keep can't it, Stephen. That's that's so tough. But KD, PG, Russ on the same team is pretty wild to think about, man. Especially like you said, Noel kind of comes out of his shell this year and really produces. Uh, so. But anyways, on to the last Twitter question we got. At Juicy Jacob with a K, K-O-B. Favorite video game of all time slash opinion on esports, which is kind of cool. And maybe that's something we can uh, we can dive a little more into and we have everybody use that as like a pop culture minute. Yeah, like definitely. We, we, we can transfer that to another podcast as well. Favorite video game of all time. That's so a difficult hard. one, man. Yeah. That is a really difficult one. Um, nostalgically, I got to say, there was this game. It was a... Uh, like an arcade game and it was on Nintendo 64 called Gauntlet. Yeah. And my my dad and I played Gauntlet a lot together and that's where some of my like my nerdiness for fantasy began. That's cool. And I yeah. just have like awesome memories of like playing that game with my dad whenever I was like Great. seven or eight. So yeah. So that I'd probably put that one as my favorite game. What about you? That's cool. There you go. So I kind of like you said it kind of depends on how you view this question because I think like in terms of like complete game and like what a game had to offer. Uh, the one I, at least that I was most impressed by is like Skyrim, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Elder Scrolls. I think that's just, was such a great game and was just put together so well. Um, in terms of like how much fun I had with friends and that we would play a lot, probably a toss up between like one of the Call of Duties, either like Modern Warfare or, uh, I don't know. Oh, dude, I, put, I put so much time into Modern Warfare 2. I did too. It was fun. It was oh, a yeah. lot of fun. So that and like the 2Ks, obviously, I think, Played with the most with friends, but nostalgic, like you said, I played a lot of Pokemon when I was younger. Oh, dude, I don't I know so how did I not think of Pokemon, just, dude. I mean, Pokemon Red, Pokemon Blue, yes. Pokemon oh, Yellow, Blue. Pokemon Snap, Pokemon and Stadium. The second generation, and then you had the third generation. Which I don't was great, care what anyone says, dude. Pokemon Snap was cool. Like Pokemon taking the Snap pictures, was, that yeah. game was cool. Um, few honorable mentions for me. Yeah, Pokemon. I can't believe I forgot that. Um, I always had a great, great time playing the old NCAA football games, um, like That's running a true. dynasty my, with like other my people. My little brother played that a lot. Yeah, I know Kamiar still has his still Xbox 360 yeah. and is still running it, which is awesome. And then just as far as like single player experience, um, man, I, I don't know if anything can top Red Dead Redemption for me. I loved that game and I'm so excited for number two to come out. Um, second part of this question. It, I've heard a lot of, oh, like, dude, it's so good. And you watch Westworld. You gotta yeah, play Red Dead, no, bro. It's no. so good. Okay. Um, cool. Second part of that question: opinion on esports. You so have any I, I, I'm actually like, I'm surprised, but then again, I can totally see why the esports is blowing up like it is. Um, you know, with all these like NBA teams, for example, coming in and like creating these franchises, and it's like become its own. NBA yeah, that's league. pretty cool, dude. I like it's that. Awesome. Like, it's Super awesome. awesome. Yeah. Drafting guys, you know, these kids are like actually making money for playing video games. It's pretty cool. Uh, I'm really impressed by it all. I, like, I haven't done my research like I probably should uh, in terms of stuff outside of 
esports like basketball. But uh, but yeah, I think it's really cool, and I'm excited to see where it's headed. I know Definitely, there's like a lot yeah. of I think like LeBron or there, there, I don't know. There's a couple of big athletes who have apparently invested in it recently. Definitely, so. yeah. And it's here's the big thing is that it's a money maker. So these companies yep. are going to jump on it. Um, but I mean, I've watched esports. I I really enjoy. You know, I play a lot of Overwatch. So recently, they just had the Overwatch uh, World Championships. I watched that. Yep. Um, I used to play a lot of League of Legends. So I watched like the World Championship and like the the North American like season of league of legends um, that's cool you know i watched the the fortnite pro-am that Paul george played ninja, in you yeah know? i was watching the fortnite yeah the pro so, and watching ninja and guys like that yeah, yeah dude that guy makes so much money playing video games ninja incredible um so yeah it, no I, I i'm down with esports I, I i love it yeah. um it's like watching basketball for me i'm watching people do something that i love but doing it at an elite level that i can never hope to do it at and so it's entertaining you know Man, yep. I, I watched – there's – so there's, like, the Overwatch, like, league, and there's the League of Legends league. They have a Call of Duty league, and I, wa- I watched some games on that. Dude, they're shooting a the gun, and no one's even there, and people are dying. Like, it, it's insane, <laughs> They're backing up kill streaks, it and is it's just insane. like somebody's business. That's cool. Like, yeah. It's insane how good, yeah, how good some of these guys are. It's just yeah, unreal. Definitely. Actually, back in high school, fun fact, one of my good friends growing up, I played sports with him and stuff, but he was actually ranked like top 100 and forget what Call of Duty it was. But uh, he, yeah, he, I would watch him and watch him play with some of these like big names or whatever, and they were just unreal. It's insane. Yeah, that's, that's it's, awesome. It's a talent. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, any parting thoughts before we get out of here? You know, I just hope next week and the uh, the following months leading up to October bring us some form of excitement and some news to talk about like yeah. this week did. <laughs> Maybe I'll have more bad dreams about missing Thunder games. Yeah. So as they come to an end, thanks for listening to our podcast, guys. If you enjoyed it, please go drop us a five-star rating on iTunes. You can write a review. We're closing in on 50, which is awesome. Uh, we really appreciate all the kind words you guys have said. So if you could also, drop us- we've really been racking up the uh, listens recently. I think we're up to like almost 300 for like the past uh, a piece for like the past three or four episodes we posted. Yeah, just, just on SoundCloud. Just on SoundCloud. So that's yeah. really exciting. That's really, not. That's really not appreciate Stitcher, you guys listening. That's not iTunes. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys. Um, we're just a couple of dudes who like to talk basketball and make jokes, and we love that you guys are interacting with us. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter if you don't already at the uncontested the underscore uncontested. Uh, check out Andrew. Uh, Motoko is going live soon. You're going to be able to get some awesome Thunder shirts. He is on Twitter at Passive Juice, on Instagram at Passive Juice Motel, and his website shop.passivejuicemotel.com. While you're on the interwebs on your dial-up connection, you can also check out our website, youngcontestedsports.com. Articles, bios, all kinds of cool stuff. Make sure you follow Taylor on Twitter. He's at Taylor underscore P15. I am on Twitter at ThunderMob405. We will talk to you guys probably this time next week. We'll drop another podcast. There's not much to talk about. I don't know. We'll just wing it. We're pretty good at winging it. So, hey, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you. And until next week, Thunder Up. For the ones standing guard. For the eagle-eyed. For the knights in shining armor. And for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. 
Call clickgranger.com/safety or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.